Good morning, aloha you guys. Oh, it's amazing to see your faces. Literally, yeah. Massless and all. I'm so blessed to see you guys. Um, praise the Lord. We uh, were able to do this now, uh, two years now, but God is bringing us along and we continue to pray for the pandemic and all that. Uh, there wouldn't be a resurgence at all, but it is so nice to be able to uh, not hear worship like right? Yeah, you know, just our voices carrying. It's such a wonderful time to be here this morning, and I'm blessed that you guys made it. And again, I say, you know what? If if you feel like uh, uncomfortable, you want to wear the mask, it's okay. No, no judgment, right? No judging. Uh, whatever you feel comfortable with. Welcome to you guys online too. And uh, I'm just so excited that we have come to this day, this place. I mentioned it a while back, like, oh, one day we're going to, like, rip the mask off and we'll be here. And we are here today. So praise the Lord we're here. Well, a uh, few things before we get into our message, just a few announcements. And next week, our Women's Fellowship will be meeting 10, 10 a.m., yeah, uh, Zoom, whether Zoom or, or you want to meet here in, per, uh, in person, we're going to be, uh, they're going to be meeting over in the Keiki Church site. So I invite your ladies to come out. And those of you who can't, uh, you can still uh, connect in online uh, next week, 10 a.m., next Saturday. Sorry, next Saturday. And then Sunday, we are having Communion Sunday. So be sure to come with your hearts prepared as we do every first Sunday of the month as we partake in communion together to remember Christ's death and his sacrifice for us. So be sure to come to that and honor God by your presence, and then we're going to honor him and glorify him as we partake of the elements together at the end of the service. And then the week after that, and I'm going to remind you guys, but the week after that, Saturday, we're going to start up our men's fellowship. So uh, guys, keep that in mind. Uh, we'll be starting that up early Saturday morning. and still determining a time, probably like around 7.30. But uh, I'll remind you guys because I know you forget and you're not going to take notes right now. But put it in your mind and heart right now. Uh, next week, Saturday, next, the, the week after, we will be meeting guys on that Saturday. So I invite you all to come if you never come. Uh, we're going to start a whole new thing, and um, you'll have to come and see what that is. So anyway, with that, will you grab your Bibles and open to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, and we are going to continue to make this slow, uh, I should say, uh, our slow way in this chapter. But I hope it's been good for you. I've, I've been blessed by going in deeper in the Word and studying the Word even deeper, and we get to go deeper yet today, this morning. So, let's go ahead and pray one more time. We'll pray for the Word. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for just this moment we have, Lord, uh, being able to gather together, the mask off now. Uh, we've come to this point, Lord, in the pandemic, and look, we're still here, God. You're still with us, and you're still ministering, and I thank you for that. And we've come to a moment, Lord, as we do every Sunday, to open your word, God. And we pray for your touch upon your word. We pray for your blessing. We pray for the anointing of your spirit. And I pray, God, that you would speak to each one of our hearts through your word, that you would have a special word, so to speak, for every one of us, no matter where we stay in our life, no matter what's going on, no good or bad, I pray that your spirit would, would really inject into our heart 
a special word that we can carry with us from here into this next week. So, Lord, I pray for your touch again and your anointing, and I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I read about one five-year-old and his mother had this conversation together about heaven. They were talking about heaven. And it went something like this. The mom said to the boy, uh, or the, the mom... excuse me, said to the boy, I don't think I want to go to heaven. Sure you do, replied the mother. No, I don't think so, said the boy. But why not, the mother asked. "Uh, I think I'll be hungry, the boy replied. "Uh, No, baby, the mother said. uh, Jesus will make sure to feed you. I know, said the boy, but Jesus feeds everybody fish. And I don't like fish. And so the mother reassured her boy, saying, You know, I think Jesus will take care of you. And I think we will like whatever there is in heaven. Well, the mother's right. No matter what food we may have in heaven, nothing from this life here will affect our stay in heaven when we're finally there. British pastor and theologian John Blanchard put it this way, nothing that has ruined man's life on earth will be allowed to do so in heaven. And I like that thought. And I want to start with that. So I want you to put that into your minds that that things are going to be different from what you're experiencing here today. So this morning we return to our study in the book of Revelation and we find that when it comes to the emotional state of our soul, heaven will really be heaven. For you know what? There will be no more tears. No more tears, you guys. So today we come into actually part three of what we've been going through, the sneak peek into forever. That's been our title of our messages the last two weeks, and we're in part three. Now, overall, we've been covering Revelation 21. Well, this, this, these three messages cover Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5, but today we're going to finish up this section, verse 4 and 5. We're going to be uh, going in-depth into that. Now, remember the last two weeks, and I'll give you our overall outline. The last, last two weeks, we saw part one and part two, the place of eternity, which was verse one and two. Uh, number two in our outline was the presence of God, verse three. And today we're going to finish up these verses, this, this whole section we've been looking at, with number three, the paradise of the soul, and number four, the promise of Jesus. And that's what we're going to be covering in verses four and five. Now, remember a few weeks ago, we learned in number one in our outline, number one, the place of eternity, where we cover verse one and two. And we saw that after the second coming of Jesus, after the millennium, the thousand years, after the great white throne judgment, right, then this new eternal realm comes into play, right? We saw, first of all, God makes a completely different realm, right? He makes a whole new universe, a whole new earth. The old is all passed away. And that's where believers 
will live the rest of eternity in that place. That, that's that goal. That's that final place. And then we also saw that this is a completely different existence. You remember there was no more sea we saw in verse 1, right? So no more water. Like, like the, the life no longer is based on water to exist. We're in this eternal realm. We're in these glorified bodies. Everything's totally different. It's a diff, completely different existence. And we also found... The third thing uh, a couple weeks ago is a completely different arrangement. And what I meant to mean to say with that is the new Jerusalem, our heavenly home, will descend into this realm. And that's where we will literally live in our glorified bodies. So you remember we saw that in number one. And then last week, after the place of eternity, we saw number two in our outline. We found in this final heaven, number two, the presence of of God. And we went really deep into that verse 3, didn't we? We saw that first of all God locates his home with us. God not God isn't going to be in some other planet or some far off location. He'll be right there in the same location in the new Jerusalem. And then we saw God will live and move among us. It's not like God will hold up in his room or some uh, the top floor of the penthouse, right? We saw that he'll be around us every day in eternity. Then we saw thirdly that God will love us as his own. We will be his people, the angel announced. Remember the angel was announcing all these things. So every single believer will know that we are his people, that this is our home, that we belong to God, that this is where we belong. And fourthly, we saw last week that God will then link in fellowship with us, and which means that we're going to, believers, we're going to experience closeness to God like never before. It, it's what, remember, God created us to be, right? To have fellowship with Him. It, it's how He designed us to have this relationship with God. And isn't that the goal, right? To be with God, to have that relationship. That's the goal of salvation, to be with God forever. When I was thinking about that thought, I I, I thought about how I mentioned too again how important that is because heaven is about the Lord, right? Thomas uh, Brooks of Puritan said, It is God alone who makes heaven to be heaven. And we've talked about that. Without God there, it's not really heaven. God makes heaven heaven because that's our desire. That's our love. That's our goal to be with God forever. So, now we see that we're in this whole eternal realm. Everything's different. This is heaven. We see that God is right there. Then John now writes of something else as we go on here that he saw. In this, the sneak peek into forever. Now we come to part three and we come to number three in our outline. So we saw the place of eternity, the presence of God. Now number three in our outline is the paradise of the soul, the paradise of the soul. And we're going to zero in on verse 4. So if you guys are taking notes, that's what we're going to be covering under uh, this heading. So take a look at verse 4 right now. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have Pass away. So we'll stop right there. Now, now we begin here 
with this angel, right? He began this announcement of the presence of God. So he's finishing up here in verse 4. And and not only God will be in heaven with us, himself be there in this final heaven, but God, he, that's the he, will wipe away every tear from our eyes, the eyes of the believer. Now, that means that whatever's brought you sadness in your life, you will not shed any more tears about it ever again. We're going on into eternity in this way. Heaven will be, and this is why I gave this heading, the paradise of the soul. The paradise of the soul. No more struggles. You don't have to go through that. No more stress. You don't have to go through that. No more suffering. No more aching in the depths of your soul that brings those tears. Now, I read some say that, well, this is what we're reading here is when, you know, people arrive in heaven and God comes and comforts them, wiping away the tears as they come through the doors. And, and, and they say, because, you know, we realize when we reach heaven, our, our sin, what a sinner we are, and God's going to say, oh, no, it's okay. It, it's all right. No cry. Yeah, come on in. Come in. No cry. But I don't think that's it. Because we know that today in Christ, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to worry about that, Romans 8, 1. Today, if you are in Jesus, if, if Jesus has saved you, his blood is atoned for your sins. So no worry about how God views you. And you don't have to worry and cry, oh, Lord, please. me. No, no worry. Romans 8.1, write that down, look that up later. That is the truth. You've been forgiven, cleansed, atoned for, and you know what? You've been made righteous right now before God, and that's the reason in Jesus you can even go to heaven. So understand that in Jesus. There's no condemnations. Beside that, where we're at in chapter 21 in the chronology of all this, this is not like the first time we're entering into heaven. It's not. Remember, right? This is like uh, the rapture's already happened. We're already in heaven, right? We're already there because of Christ's blood. And then the tribulation, right? And, and, and then um, uh, all that happened in the tribulation we see. And, and then we see that, well, um, after that, the millennium comes. Christ's return, right? And then after that, the great white throne. Well, all of that, we come into chapter 21. And then we've been here with God for a while. So it's not like, oh, we're just entering in and God's going to go, oh, I'll wipe your tears. No, the, the way it's written is really saying there's, there's no more reason for the sadness anymore. In this, what, e- new eternal realm, in this home, new home, the new Jerusalem, right? In this new realm, everything, this final heaven, we don't have any other reason to cry anymore i perceive that perhaps in revelation 6 you remember when the the uh, one of the seals were open and and it was where the uh, martyr tribulation saints yeah and they were crying out in verse 10 of revelation 6 and and they're like god when are you going to bring vengeance what do you you know they've been martyred and killed for their faith and the brothers and sisters and the people they know are being killed for their faith and perhaps there's tears there Perhaps there's anguish there. Perhaps there's, Lord, when are you going to avenge our blood? Yeah. Perhaps there is. Or maybe there was sadness for us 
believers when Satan rebelled and led people against God at the end of the millennium. Remember in Revelation 20, right? Perhaps there was some sadness there. But now in this new realm, no, the old earth, the old universe is gone. There is no more these tears. What comes in this final state of heaven is now and forevermore the paradise of the soul. And here's the first thing I want you to see right here. Number one is there will be no more tears from sadness. There will be no more tears from sadness. I think about um, Job chapter 5 verse 7. It says, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. In the world we live today, yeah, we face trouble, don't we? We, we're, we're constantly struggling, and it could bring many tears. And, and we know, right? We, we know. Everyone, one of us has experienced something that has brought us tears. It's hard here in this life. It is hard. Man is born to trouble. Yeah, it's not like we're going to escape at all. But in this final heaven, the tears of sadness will be gone forever. There will, no more, there will be no more tears from sadness. Now you may ask, well, Pastor Rick, uh, won't we have feelings in heaven? Is it like, well, we won't have any of that sadness, so we're going to be like, like zombies, you know, emotional zombies walking around? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, like a robot. The answer is no. We're not going to be like emotional zombies. I believe we'll still have emotions in heaven, just not sad ones. I mean, if you think of, think of it this way, we know God has emotions as he lives in heaven, like compassion, uh, Psalm 135, 14 says, or love, Jeremiah 31, 3, or joy, Isaiah 62, 5, even grief, yeah, Genesis 6, 6, 6, he grieved over uh, man right before the flood, the sin in the world, and, and even, well, we know his wrath, his anger, Romans 1, 18. So if God... It has certain emotions like that. I, I, I think we're still going to have some emotions. Angels, we know, can feel because uh, they shout for joy. They, sh- they shouted for joy when God created the whole creation in Job 38.7. Or, we know this one, right? Whenever one sinner repents and is saved, what? Luke 15.10, all the angels in heaven, they rejoice, right? So when you came to the Lord, oh, there was a big party in heaven. That's joy. It wasn't like, oh, happy me. Someone got saved. No, it was like, yeah, right? So I I believe there's going to be emotions and feelings. And you know what? God made you and I as human beings with the capacity to feel, the capacity to have emotions. Now, that doesn't mean that the emotions are really true to what God is saying. Today, our emotions can take over, overwhelm us, mislead us. It can it could bring us fear, right? Grip us in fear. It can betray us with doubt against the truth of who God is and the love of Jesus upon us. Today we struggle with discouragement, depression. It, it can drown us, right? Today it can control how we think, how we perceive things, just our emotions, our feelings. But think about this. One day, in heaven, one day with our glorified bodies. Now, think of that. Our glorified bodies, our feelings, our emotions will be pure and true. 
Think about that. And so heaven will be a place of many emotions, gratitude even, love, awe, excitement, joy, worship. And maybe, I mean, maybe there is tears of, of joy. Uh, one commentator said, well, there's not even going to be tears of joy because uh, there's no more sea and, you know, we're not in a, a water-based existence anymore. And I thought, oh, well, that's an interesting thought, you know. But he, either way, in heaven, one thing will be missing. There will, there will be nothing to cry about. There will be no reason to be sad. So number one, see this. There will be no more tears from sadness. And find comfort today in this. Listen, whatever you're going through today, you know what's great to know? It's not going to go on forever. Isn't that good to know? This is going to be it. This is going to continue on. No. There's going to be an end. And in the end, you know what? It's going to be the opposite of sadness. There's going to be joy, right? Joy in heaven. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. So this is the final heaven. The final heaven is the paradise of the soul. We see, number one, there will be no more tears from sadness. But there's a second thing. Number two is there will be no more loss in death. There will be no more loss in death. Take a look at verse 4 again. After it says that he'll wipe every tear from our eyes, it says, And death shall be no more. Now the angel announces here, he adds that death in the eternal realm will be no more. No more, you guys. It's done. No one will die. We will all have our glorified bodies. The old universe, remember, the old earth, all that, that was tainted with the effects of the fall is gone. So that's how death is gone. No more need for that. I remember how death was even cast where? Into the lake of fire, right? In, in Revelation 20, 14. It's done. Know that the curse of sin, right? Death's power has no more grip anymore. Matter of fact, it, it really started to crumble when Jesus died on the cross, right? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15:54 that death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah. So so this is the end here. This is the culmination of all this that in the final heaven there is no more sadness brought on by death. There will be no more tears flowing from the result of people dying. Your loved ones leaving in death. Yeah. No more, no more of that sadness because there's no more death. I, I, I look forward to that. I, I don't know in the recent news, I don't know if you guys have been seeing it, but oh, some of the video and photos coming from the war in Ukraine have been heartbreaking. Yeah? Seeing, seeing the, the dead, like regular people like you and I, just on the street. Yeah? Soldiers even. And, and, and the father, like that picture, I, I just stopped and stared at it and it just just moved me. The father sobbing, right, uh, next to his dead son's body in the hospital lying there. Yeah. I mean, those things, we weep, right? Uh, a man weeping over his, his, his mother who, who died in the war. You know, I think about even last December, my daughter's fiancé was sharing with me how he went to say goodbye to his mother in the hospital who, is, who, who died uh, of complications from COVID. And I think about his tears, and I think about the family, her, her husband, and, and um, 
his stepdad, and he has two young step siblings, uh, eight years old and ten years old, lost their mom. And you think how heartbreaking that is. I would I would say death is probably the worst experience you can have in this world today. Yeah, that feeling of loss. Yeah, that feeling of you can't do nothing of someone you love who is dying. Whether it's from sickness, natural causes, or, or worse, accident. I think that's the hardest, hardest thing. But you guys, one day in the final heaven, we will not ever go through that again. There's no more death. No more. Now, this might bring up maybe a thought about your loved ones, about those who maybe they died without Jesus. Maybe it seemed like, well, they never walked with the Lord. I, I don't know. How about, how about that? Now, I have to tell you, that's a hard one to answer because we know the truth. Yeah, we know the truth in the Bible and what Jesus said. He's the only way to heaven. He is. He's the only way to get to heaven. So sometimes reading in this verse here, we wonder, well, what about Grandpa? Yeah? What about Grandpa who, who, who didn't believe in Jesus? Won't I shed tears that he's not in heaven? With us? When I, when I cry about that, I mean, how do we reconcile these thoughts? We know the truth of Jesus, and, and we see this life of a loved one, and we think, oh, did they ever really? Oh, maybe they're not there. And it's hard. It's difficult for us. I, I, the, the best thing that I could come up with, and this is for me personally too, is, is that um, in, my, in studying and how to reconcile all this, uh, there's, there's two things that I, I really come up with. The number one is, you know what, along with our glorified body, right, you know, strong, no more pain, all that stuff, right, no more, our physical body is perfect, we are going to have a glorified mind. Think about that. We are going to have a mind that can grasp and fully grasp and understand the truth of God. I mean, I feel like throughout my life, I'm still learning. I'm still learning the Bible. Yeah, it's so deep, God's truth. But think about at this time with our glorified body. Yeah, think about this time. Our minds are going to be clear. And we're going to understand all truth. So I think that means with a, few, a full logical view of the truth of God, of who God is, how he cannot do anything wrong. With a glorified mind, I I I feel like I can accept that God did everything He could to save that person, to bring them with to heaven. That God did everything in His love, knowing who He is. Yeah. That they rejected it, and I can accept with my glorified mind. Yeah, and reconcile this. That that's how I feel. But let me add one more thing. I believe that we will be surprised to see many of our loved ones in heaven. That's what I think. I think that too. I think we'll be surprised. Uh, because you don't know, right, what was their last breath, yeah. what they said. You don't know what was their last thought, how they cried out to Jesus. You don't know if they took that, 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 that one word that you told them, Jesus can save you, he loves you. And in that last desperate moment, maybe they called out. And Jesus saved them, just like, right, God saved 
Jesus saved the thief on the cross, right? So it could be. We don't know. But it could be that. And let me add this. Besides this, God desires, I know, that no one perish, right? He desires that everyone be saved. And so even to the last moment, I believe God is reaching out. I believe even to the last moment. And we're praying, right, as believers. Oh, God, save them. May they call you. The Holy Spirit's moving, and you never know that they could have responded in that way. Because God still reaches out. God is still offering that grace all the way to the end. So all I can say is there's hope that they are there already in heaven. And so, wondering if we'll cry if they're not there, we'll leave that to heaven. And when, when we're there, we'll understand it all. And you can say, Rick, you are wrong. No, because um, <laughs> we'll know, right? But we have hope, you guys. I like something that John Newton wrote. Um, he's the one who wrote uh, Amazing Grace, right? Um, the, the ex-slave trader, God saved and everything, right? And he became a minister, a pastor. Well, John Newton, he wrote Amazing Grace. Remember, right, that, that old hymn? Well, John Newton said this, When I reach heaven, I expect to find three wonders there. First, to meet some I had not thought to see them. <laughs> Second, to miss some I had expected to see them. And third, the greatest wonder of all, to find myself there. And I think, I think that's it, you guys. Not that, oh, I'm glad I'm there. But we're going to realize the full picture of God's grace. Yeah? God's grace upon us, loving us, reaching out to us, going out to save us, yeah? Going after us when we were running away, going after us when we were rejecting him. He was still going after you. And now you have Christ, and you're going to go to heaven and go, Oh, Lord, this is grace that I'm here. This is your love that brought me here. Because we're going to truly come to understand, you know what, what grace is. Really, what grace is. All right, so in this paradise of the soul, number one, there will be no more tears from sadness. There will be no more the loss in death. And number three, there will be no more deep sorrow at all. There will be no more deep sorrow at all. Now, the angel goes on here in verse 4, and after about no more death, he says, neither shall there be mourning nor crying. Now, mourning, the word there means grief, distress, sorrow. We, we understand what brings us to that place of mourning. And it's expressed, the angel says, in crying. Now, the, the word crying there, you could, you could write next to that, wailing. So to me, he really is expressing this deep, deep sorrow. In other words, in this final heaven, in this new eternal place that you will go on in forever, you will now live in a place that is safe from things that bring on great sorrow and deep sorrow. Isn't that nice to know? I don't know, that, that really comforts me that I'm going to a safe place for my heart. This is a paradise for your soul. I think about uh, Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 5 here. Remember when Jesus talked about uh, it was about Jesus, and the prophecy talked about how he is a man of what? Sorrows. 
He's acquainted with grief. Why? Because Jesus carried our sorrows. In other words, when he died for us, he took away our sins, which ultimately was the source of our sorrows. Yeah? Ultimately. And the sin in the world and the curse and everything. And so Jesus made the way so you and I could live in heaven and be healed of those sorrows. Isn't that great to understand? We're going to be in the safe place. We're going to live out, in, live out eternity in this safe place. Protected from all sorrow. Some of us, we, we, if, if there's something that's potentially going to hurt us, we run, right? We're running. And some of us has been hurt so deeply, we do run. We run to whether it's sort of substance abuse or whatever that is. We, we run because of that pain. And we're afraid of those situations that have caused us that trauma. And some of you are still carrying it and in bondage of that trauma. Just know Jesus wants to heal you, make you whole. He wants to. And in heaven, there's no fear of that. It's a safe place. We're protected from all that kind of a sorrow. And as Isaiah 53, 5, the NLT says, so we could be whole, so we could be healed. Are you struggling right now? Maybe you're struggling with the depression or struggling with discouragement. Does it seem like there's no hope for me? But understand this, that Jesus died on the cross to make you whole. Jesus died on the cross so that, and he rose again from the dead. So he has the power so you can be fully released, you guys, fully healed. So that you don't have to be under this control and feel like you're drowning every day. Under this bondage. Understand that, you guys. Because you know what? He's heading us to this new life. This final heaven. Where you will be fully released yeah, from that, that hole of sorrow in your life. All right, so we see how this is, the, this is the paradise of the soul. Do you see this? We see there will be no more tears from sadness. Number two, there will be no more the loss and death. And number three, there will be no more deep sorrow at all. And then number four, the last thing here in this section, in this heading, number four is there will be no more pain and suffering. No more pain and suffering. The last part of verse four says, nor pain anymore, for the, for the former things have passed away. No more pain anymore, you guys. And, and it's not just, you know, the physical. And we've talked about our glorified bodies, our new bodies, right? And I, I can't wait as I get older. Hey, where'd that thing come from, you know? That pain, right? You guys understand. But we're talking about no more emotional pain and suffering. Why, why is there, think about this, why is there emotional pain and suffering? Why is that? Well, because of these former things, right? So that's why we're not going to have it, because the former things have passed away. The, the way things were in the old world, on this, in this old universe, are no longer here in the eternal realm. They have passed away. They've been, what, destroyed, right? We saw in verse Verse 1, the earth had passed away, the sea was no more, the first heaven was passed away. We saw all of that, no more, it's destroyed, gone. So gone is every source that causes pain and suffering. There will be nothing that can bring us 
to that point of emotional distress. Nothing that can bring us to that pain again where we experience it. Think about that, you guys. What's rolling through your mind right now? What are you experiencing right now? What, do you, what have you experienced in the past? Maybe how you grew up. Maybe something happened. Maybe a, a deep thing hurt you and you're still wrestling with that. Think about this. No more breakup of relationships, friendships. No more bad situations. No more losing your do- job and loss of finances. No more tears from loneliness. No more tears from someone saying hurtful words or even emotional abuse, maybe physical abuse. No more hurt from neglect. No more emotional stress from bad marriages or some people think, well, I always bring bad luck with me. Yeah. No more of that. No more hateful actions. No more racial tensions or no more fear. How about fear of sickness? Yeah. That can make you cry. No more tears from your own failure yeah? and your own sin, how you disappointed God. Whatever has brought the pain and suffering in your life, whatever that has brought those tears will no longer be there in the final heaven. These former things, the NLT, NL, NLT translates this as gone forever. I like that. They're gone forever. When was the last time you had real joy? Think about that. Have you been just trudging through life right now? Barely making it every day? I know we're looking toward the final heaven and when all this is gone, but let me tell you, Jesus is going to restore that joy in heaven. But you know what? He wants to start today. Today. Have you been walking around like a zombie in your depression? Have you been struggling, just barely making it, barely waking up? Jesus wants to begin to restore your joy, wipe your tears, and it starts right now with knowing the goal that in the end we're going to have joy, no more tears. But right now it can start by getting Jesus in your life, getting more of Jesus in your life. Because the Bible tells us in his presence is joy. There's joy in his presence. And you can have the presence of God right now in your heart. Even if your life is crazy and there's storms, but inside your heart, inside you, in your soul, in the depths of your soul, you can have the presence of Jesus there. And when you have the presence of Jesus, you can have joy. I, I, I always tell, ask the Lord, I pray, God, Give me just a drop of, of the joy in heaven into my heart, and I can make it another day. Yeah? But that's the presence of God in your life. Did you know whenever the Queen of England is in residence at Buckingham Palace, they fly they, a special flag? They fly a special flag. Well, in the same way, when you have the presence of Jesus in your heart, Joy is a flag that flies over the castle of your heart. Jesus is in residence there. And sorrow cannot stay. So this is the paradise of the soul we're looking forward to. Well, in this sneak peek into forever, we come to our last heading here. 
in this section of verses 1 through 5 and the end of part 3 in these past three messages. And number four is the promise of Jesus, the promise of Jesus. We've seen a place of eternity, the presence of God in the past few weeks, and now the paradise of the soul. And number four, verse five, the promise of Jesus. It says here, and he who was seated on the throne, behold, I am said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And I love this because this can be hard to understand and to maybe even too amazing and it goes over our heads. But there's one thing Jesus is telling us here. And let's let's see that. It says, he who is seated on the throne. Who's that? Jesus. It's Jesus. We get a clue, right? In verse 6 it says, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Who's that? We saw that all the way at the beginning of Revelation. Now that's Jesus Christ. And we'll get to verse 6 next time. But this is Jesus speaking here. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's confirming, behold, I am making all things new. Everything we looked at, this new eternal realm, this new Jerusalem, this place where we're safe, this place where God is dwelling, all of this is brand new. All of this he's saying, hey, absolutely, brand new, completely different. It's a different existence, a different thing from before. Think about it this way. There's no renovation. Uh, there's no remodel of the old. It's like the place is built from ground up, right? We say it that way, yeah? It's completely new. And so, first of all, see, see this. What you see is a whole new existence for you. That's what Jesus is saying. This is for you. This is new. This is new for you. It's for you. A completely new existence. A whole new existence. Interesting, right? So, um, we know that there is no law of entropy. I talked about that a few weeks ago. There's no breakdown of things, right? No aging, no decay. We learned that. This new existence, the new realm never gets old, right? It does, planets don't spin out and suns don't die. This is, so this is not only made new, this stays new into eternity. I was thinking, hey, that's great, because if nothing ages, then I don't age. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, we don't age. We stay the same throughout eternity. Isn't that nice to know? Glorified bodies. Ooh, yeah, no aging. Yeah, no more aches, no more gray hair, you know, kind of thing. You know, none, none of that in our glorified bodies, which made me think about, well, you ever wonder how old we're going to be in heaven? How old is our glorified bodies? You ever wonder about that? I mean, is it going to be the last image of myself? Oh, look at this old guy, you know, a gray-haired guy, all wrinkles and everything. Is it going to be that? Is it, oh, if a child dies, then in heaven they're, they're, they're little, they're small? What, what is that going to be? Ever wonder about that? I always thought, well, when was my prime? Probably when I was in my 20s, you know. Maybe, maybe it's that, yeah? We were fit, yeah? No more gray hair, we were strong. I thought... This was interesting. I'll just share with you. Uh, Henry Morrison put this out. It could be. Now, of course, you can study this. But it could be perhaps we might be 30 years old. He says that's the prime of life, being 30. And he goes on to say, to say maybe it's like this because of this. He said, you know, in, Levit- in Numbers 4.3, 
the priests and Levites, they started to serve the temple when they were 30 years old. Interesting, I thought. And then he put out, you know what? Joseph was made ruler in Egypt when he was 30 years old, Genesis 41, 46. David became king, guess what age? 30 years old, 2 Samuel 5, 4. Jesus started his earthly ministry, Luke 3, 23 tells us, when he was about 30 years old. So I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. I'm probably all wrong, but it could be in heaven, we'll, in our glorified bodies, that maybe we'll look like we're 30 years old. Yeah? Yeah? I know. You're saying, well, I won't be able to recognize you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow, you look so young, you know? <laughs> you know, um, you see pictures of yourself young and someone sees and they go, wow, you look so young there. They're saying, you're so old looking, you know? <laughs> but, but just a thought. But think about that. We won't age at all. And it will be a whole new existence for us. Everything will be new. So then, Jesus, he's, he also said, it says in verse 5, Write this down, John, for these words are trustworthy and true. And perhaps John, like, stopped writing. And he's like, perhaps his, his, his jaw, you know, is dropped. And he's just frozen. Like, It's just so amazing what he's being shown what's being told him. He, he, it's just hard to contain, and he's overwhelmed. So Jesus is like, hey, John, John, hey, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, write this down. Write, write what you're seeing. Seeing, write this down for what you're seeing, for what I'm saying. Jesus says, these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, what I say is going to come to pass. What I'm saying will be true. What, John, what God chose John may seem too incredible, even for us. But Jesus confirms it all. And he says, it will come to pass for you. This is the promise of Jesus. This is his promise. So the second and last thing I want you to see here is what you see will absolutely be here for you. It will be. No matter what you're going through right now. No matter how you feel. No matter if you feel like, I mean, we, we can get down in the dumps, right? And, and things might happen in life, and we start to think, oh, God, I don't, I, I don't know. Will I really make it to heaven? And just yesterday, you knew you were a Christian, you were going to heaven, but, right? The discouragement, the depression can overwhelm you to the point where you, you even doubt, right, who you are in God, right? Understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, This is trustworthy. This is for you. You're going to be here. So understand that what you see will absolutely be here for you. So whatever the fires you're going through, whatever those storms you're going through, whatever that is that that you feel like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You will make it, God says, because all this is going to be for you. This is trustworthy. Believers are going to live here. What we've said here, you are going to be here no matter what. My promise will stay. A number of years ago, a fire broke out at the Freedom Ministries Church in West Virginia. Uh, the fire actually became so hot and intense, the firefighters had to back away. And it seemed like you would assume with that kind of heat, everything was just turned to ashes, but it wasn't. When they went in afterwards, among the burnt walls, and the cross was even standing, but it was all black. Guess what? 
the Bibles that were in the church were not touched. Isn't that crazy? The fire department actually reported to the news. Not a single Bible was burned. What a picture that is to us. Yeah, That God's word, what he promises, what he's giving us here today will be here for us and we will be there too. His promise is true. And that is our hope, you guys. Charles Spurgeon said, God never gives his children a promise which he does not intend them to use. I love that. I love that. Listen, if Jesus promised he would rise again from the dead, and he did, if Jesus said that he'll return, and he will, if Jesus said that I have this heaven for you, then you know what? It's going to come true, and we have something to look forward to. We have something to look forward to, you guys. Let that break through your depression. Let that break through your discouragement. This promise is for you. This place of joy, no more tears, is for you. This life of God in this eternal realm, in this new Jerusalem in heaven, is reserved for you. This is, you guys, the end goal of our salvation. Think about that. This is the end goal. This This is where he's bringing us to. And it's for you. And if he says he's going to complete the work, if he says he's going to bring you there, then you will be there. This is for you, oh child of God. You will be there with the Father. This is for you. You'll find a life in eternity with Jesus. And this is what we can look forward to. So don't let the things of this world overwhelm you. Don't let it steal your joy of what you see coming. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow because all the yesterdays are going to be gone. It's going to be gone, you guys. We are to forget the past and what? Reach forward, yeah? Reach for the goal of the high calling of Christ Jesus when he brings us home to Christ. We are to press on, looking forward. Some of us keep looking back too much when our hope is heaven. And if our hope is heaven, that's our destination, then he's going to work today. If tomorrow that's our destination, don't look at yesterday, but look at tomorrow and know that today Jesus is working if that's what he has for you. Look toward that goal and what a life it will be. New like never before. I want to close with this. Um, you've heard of the author and artist um, uh, Johnny Erickson Tada, uh, who at 18 years of age suffered a diving accident and became paralyzed from the neck down. But you know what? She looks ahead to her life and what her life will be like in heaven. In her book called Heaven, Your Real Home, she writes this, and I want to read it to you. She wrote, I can hardly believe that... I- I, with my atrophied muscles and shriveled, bent fingers, with no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new dazzling body that's in wonderful working order and clothed in righteousness. Not to mention that I'll also have a new mind that doesn't want to reign or resign or quit. That's right. The spinal cord injury that I live with since diving into the shallow water in 1967 will no longer keep me back from the pleasures that I have missed out on for so long. 
horseback riding, plucking guitar strings with my fingers, or simply throwing back the covers in the morning and hopping out of bed. Can you imagine the hope that heaven gives to someone who is disabled, whether by uh, cerebral palsy, brain injury, or or manic depression? No other religion or philosophy promises glorified bodies, hearts, and minds. Only in the gospel of Jesus Christ do hurting people find such incredible hope. It's Jesus, you guys. It's, it's him. Our hope. No matter your physical disabilities, no matter your battle with maybe sickness, maybe some of you are battling with some, some life sicknesses or, or some uh, other you know, physical or, or even mental limitations or, or maybe your struggle is that broken heart from the broken home. Maybe it's a broken reputation. Maybe there's earthly problems like coming down on you and you feel like you're being squashed. Yeah. Let what we've been learning the past three weeks be a reminder that this short life here on earth is going to end. And this short life on earth will never bring lasting satisfaction or contentment We're going to find that in Jesus. And we can only find that in Jesus. And you can start to find that now in Jesus. And we're going to find it all. And all of this stuff gone when we are in heaven with God forever. So look forward to tomorrow. Look forward. Let that drive you. Let that reassure you. Let that speak to you. That if God has this for you, God is with you today. And let it help, all this help you get through what you're going through today in this, this sneak peek into forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for this little glimpse, Lord, of what heaven's going to be like. It's so hard to understand, but I know there's going to be more we're going to learn. But even this, God, is just amazing. It is a whole different world because it is. But God, may it inspire us, Lord. May it move us. May it reassure us that we belong there. If we're in Jesus, we're going to be there. If we're in Jesus, you are taking us there. It's not us. And we thank you that there will one day be a place where there will be no more tears, God. Where we'll have our glorified bodies, our glorified mind. God, that we won't have to struggle and it will be safe. Safe for our hurting heart, God to not ever be hurt again. God, I pray for anyone here right now that is hurt. It's probably all of us, God. It includes me. Whether it's been from the past, maybe when you were growing up, maybe some marriage that fell apart, perhaps some family issues, relationship issues, Perhaps things at work, someone, something said, Lord, it's hurting you. They're hurting, God, and they're in pain. And I just pray for every one of us right now that you would come and comfort us right now, that you would help us, that you would dry those tears and that that we would feel your presence because we need to feel your presence because there we find comfort. And there we can find joy. Thank you, God, that we can go to you, that you love us. 
And you made provision for our sins so that you can forgive us. So we don't need to be afraid that you won't receive us. Jesus, when you died on the cross for our sins and rose again, Lord, that was to say, come, I welcome you. So God, may we go to you with our hurts and pains, our sins, our failures. May we find healing and comfort, forgiveness, Lord, and acceptance. And God, renew us right now. Lord, I pray for anyone online, Lord, in their struggles and stress that you would meet them right now by your Holy Spirit. Meet us here right now by your Holy Spirit. God, we need you right now. We need your touch, Lord. Touch us. Touch us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.